Welcome once again to No Apology with Emily and Chris, where we're bringing truth to your world honestly and authentically and without apology. And we also laugh louder, dig deeper, and live larger in the Lord Jesus Christ. In more ways than one. And you can find out by going to freshroadmedia.com. And don't forget that we are listener-supported. And so if the Spirit moves you and you want to stand with us financially, that's always an option. But at freshroadmedia.com, of course, there's blogs there. You can submit a prayer request. Yep. You can listen to all of the shows. Lots of stuff to uh, to find there. Also, um, Jesus is Coming Soon with Mike Shaw. So check that out if you have And the Bible Idiots to. Podcast, and which is the, my yeah, teaching platform, yeah, which is making powerful. a bigger impact than I thought uh, I would ever do. I mean, sometimes God just does stuff with... Um, with my messages that I don't even know. I, yeah. All I'm trying to do is be faithful. But anywho, we have told you, if you see, if you're watching on Rumble or YouTube, you see the word Emily, E-M-I-L-E-E. If you're a listener, one of our wonderful listener people who don't need to see my face when I'm talking, I love you so much. <laughs> it's E-M-I-L-E-E. That's the email address you add at freshroadmedia.com. That's how you communicate with the show. And one of the questions that we got was from Stacy from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We got a, call, a question from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That's how you say it when you're from Minnesota. Over yeah, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, that's sure. Don't a, you know? You betcha. That's not a bad thing. That's a good no. thing. We, yeah. We yeah love our son in law is from Germantown, yes. Wisconsin. And the only problem I have with him, because he's so awesome for our daughter, yeah. is that he's a Packers fan. And yeah. I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm still struggling, like nine years later, how to deal with that. <laughs> I joke. But other joke. than that, Stacy yeah. asked, why is Emily's microphone looking like a gerbil water bottle while Chris's microphone looks like a towing hook. <laughs> and then she adds a few other nice little things in there. I, I What is a towing hook? Uh, like this, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's I don't a hook know. that you, it's on the back of your vehicle <laughs> that you hook stuff on. Well, yeah. for first of all, most microphones that are the quality of these, which are pretty good, they're not yeah. the best, but they're pretty good, um, you want to have it like what Emily has. I mean, that's just, you ever see people singing, they, they sing like that. Well, we work for a radio station. <laughs> not going to sing. You Sorry. Really? <laughs> no. Is this what the professionals do? A lot of people do it like that. Well, we have. It kind of gets it out of your way. Well, that's exactly my point, but only it goes the other direction. For me, it's, you know, we had, we worked for a radio station where they had the big bar come over and then drop down. And so the microphone was right here. Well, mm-hmm. I couldn't see you. I'd ha- I had a hard time seeing my, you know, my papers and the stuff that I was doing. So, Stacy, I just want you to know that I have this because it's the only thing that makes me feel comfortable. I have to have, yeah. like, my face clear, you yeah. know. I think it, the and fact so. that your head is so ginormous, too, you can pull it off. <laughs> That's true. Like. <laughs> <laughs> my head is not that big, so it. I if I put mine like how yours is, yeah. you know, um, I I feel like it's just cover. I feel like there's something between, but something's coming between us, and I think it's my microphone. Well, the bottom line is sometimes you know you you're not supposed to talk in like this. You're supposed to talk across the yeah. microphone. All those things. Anyway, thank you for noticing that, Stacy. Also, thank you to everybody who has verbally jumped in. Um, or text messaged or, you know, just Left decided to email Emily, yeah. E-M-I-L-E-E, at freshroadmedia.com. Our opening segments are now named, and uh, mine's going to be called Bible Idiots Deep Dive, and that's coming up in just a minute. 
But the opening segment of the show has officially, <laughs> officially been called Granny Rant. And so here it we... It won't go away. <laughs> it will not die. With the, with the opening thoughts of the show, no apology with Emily. Here she is. It's Granny Rant time. <laughs> Here's Emily. Da, 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 da. One of those mark, uh, monikers that just, you know, won't... It, it's stuck. It's stuck. Okay, Granny Rant, I'm good with that. Uh, it's the end of October. That means that uh, Halloween is upon us, and I want to talk about that. And I'm probably going to say some things that you're not going to expect me to say, because what I'm noticing is there is a tremendous division that is coming within the body of Christ over Halloween. Mm. And I'm sick of it, okay? Just to put it very bluntly, I'm really sick of it. Um, First of all, I see a lot of posts on Facebook. I hear a lot of talk among Christians where it's like, well, maybe maybe Halloween really is evil and, and I shouldn't celebrate it. And, you know, the ancient Druids did whatever they did. And we're being kind of, um, we're getting into this world of debate and argument, people falling on both sides of it. And then there's animosity and angst and it needs to go away. How do you get rid of that division? Uh, usually some truth, some information is really the key to bringing people back together. So that's what the granny rant is for. <laughs> We're going to talk about Halloween. What is Halloween? Halloween, first of all, let's just look at the word. The word Halloween divided into two portions, hallow and ween. Um, the first portion, hallow. I'd be on the ween side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, hallow. We all we say it in the Lord's Prayer for crying in the sink. Hallow. Hallow would be thy name. It means holy, or it means people who are holy or saints. Another uh, term early on in the history of the United States was All Saints Day. That's what November 1st was. All Saints Day. It's not an officially government-recognized holiday, okay? So people aren't going to get the day off and all that stuff, but it's still a holiday. That's where it comes from, All Saints Day, and it was a day to honor the saints who have gone before us. All right, so let's go to the second part of the word, ween, Halloween. It's just kind of a morph of the word Eve, just like we had Christmas Eve. We have Halloween. Hallows Day, All Hallows Day, All Saints Day, Eve. It's just morphed into Halloween. So, uh, where do the dead people in the pumpkins come in? <laughs> well, the the whole um, focus on death and so on comes from that very thing that we're paying tribute to the saints that have gone before us, the ones that have cut the path uh, of worshiping freely, and they've paid high, high cost. Years ago, uh, kids would dress up like relatives who had passed away or very famous Christians who had passed away, and they would recount and honor these hallowed people or these holy people. So that's where, you know, the whole, you know, death motif is kind of hung up on. Now, another thing that they talk about, the naysayers, the party poopers, I'll call them, Is oh you know back the druids they worshipped the San San Sanhain or whoever the I don't know whatever, whatever. they worship yeah. okay here's the thing 
Mama and Papa, they did they didn't Google what the what the ancient druids were doing, you know, centuries ago. So let's just knock that off the table. They have no there there's no connection there, okay? There's absolutely no connection there. All of us have 100, or I'm sorry, all of us have 365 days on the calendar. We all have the same days. So if you're going to wait to do something until you can find a day where the heathen weren't doing bad things, well, you're going to be waiting a long time because they're doing bad things every but single I think some day. Of the, some, of the dis- some of the discussion always you know, centers around the fact that there is a lot of evil surrounding Halloween. There it's, is. it's right there. It's becoming and, more and more. I agree and, with and you. And we've been dealing with this for years and, and sometimes in a very creative way. Yep. And so, yeah, I get it. I get yeah. it. And, but see, we're watching the same thing happen with Christmas. I mean, now a lot of the shows that people watch come Christmas are what? Die Hard and Nightmare Before Christmas. We're watching the same darkness come down on that Christian holiday as well. And so I believe that it's really time to take back what we Christians have. Satan has attempted to just take it, pervert it, steal it from us. And I I think we need to stand firm. And so I love to see Christians uh, participating because guess what? What other day of the year are you going to have people knocking on your door and you're going to open up a door and have an opportunity to talk to them? What other day of the year do you have that? Chris, you and I, we hand out candy. We also hand out gospel tracts. We have seen kids from, you know, mm, I I bet that's not really a great living environment that those kids are coming out of. But that's Mm -hmm. an opportunity because they're going to come knock on our door. That's an opportunity to share with them the love of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. in a really creative way. And so we need to take that back. The other thing that I hear often is, well, you know, those ancient people, they used to worship the devil by, you know, carving up gourds and pumpkins and putting, you know, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? Everybody did. Uh, the ancient druids, the Christian, you know, the Christians back then, they they didn't have a Hobby Lobby to go and buy <laughs> their stuff from. You know, they all used the same stuff. They all used branches. They all used gourds. They all used pumpkins. They all used fire to do different things. So just because there's a commonality there does not mean that we're doing those things in worshiping the devil. Mm-hmm. So here's my suggestion. Uh, the danger is not in being a part of your community and putting the gospel of Jesus Christ out there on All Saints Day Eve. Uh, the danger is the spirit of division. Mm-hmm. That's what I really, really believe. And so I just want to encourage people not to engage in the the argument. And if somebody doesn't want to celebrate Halloween, that's fine. Don't do it. It's totally cool with me. But let's not get into this um, spirit of division where we're just, you know, condemning the people, the Christians around us who do want to share the love of Jesus Christ even on All Saints Day Eve. This is something that, uh, you know, I did not know this was going to be your your monologue. Good job. Um, Thank but you. But it's really more of a discussion. So I, I, I do want, I want to weigh in before Let's we do. get to the Bible, to the Bible idiot uh, deep dive. Yeah. Um, and it is the granny rant. So, yeah. you know, I, I feel like I ranted. You did. I think that's maybe appropriate, more appropriate than what I thought. If you, <laughs> if you host a Christian talk show 
in any major market, you're going to get people of all walks of faith uh-huh. that want to weigh in on different things. Yep. And so what we have decided to do in a lot of areas, and Halloween's been a big one, was to just try to what we call redeem the time. Exactly. Redeem the moment Take as best back. you can. Take it back, yep. When people call and criticize anyone who takes their kids trick-or-treating is participating in satanic activity. Or, you know, hey, we do the trunk-or-treat. We do the harvest festival in place of it. Well, you know, God bless you. Yeah. I mean, there's what we decided to do with our kids which was roundly criticized for a while, is we would take our kids trick-or-treating. Look, I am not going to put a black eye on the, in, in the mind of a five or six or seven-year-old that they don't get candy like all their friends because they have Jesus in their house. Okay? <laughs> Jesus right? in their house should mean it's bigger and better. So yeah. this is what we do. When we give out a gospel track, it always is wrapped around a big candy bar. I mean, you know, like a full-size candy bar. Because in trick-or-treating economy... That's gold. Yeah. And so I want the gospel to be um, gold, you know. So we, we wrap a big candy bar, uh, track around a big candy bar, and also have a balloon in there, like a little thing. So it becomes the better treat on the block. Mm-hmm. It puts Christ in a better light. Yes, it costs more than what we wanted. We moved to Iowa. We had 60 bars ready to go last year. We had four kids come to our door. It's because we live on the top of a hill. Who, I, wants to, who wants to trudge up a hill in their costume? It doesn't matter. I <laughs> ate 56 chocolate bars from Halloween last year until sometime. Good job. Or, I think it was sometime in the summer, maybe closer to Labor Day Can't when I ran out. Can't let that go to waste. <laughs> Hey, I took I took a hit for the team. Yeah, um, you got to do what. The you other do. thing is is decorating out in front of your house. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of things you can do in front of your house that can bring glory to God and redeem the time. And mm-hmm. Emily, what you did for like seven to ten years, we don't Long have any time. of the stuff anymore because we've moved too many times. But what we had was she had this big. Um, Black spider, oh, big black in, spider in, in, yeah. right outside the door with a big web. And, and underneath she had a sign. You had to read the signs to look at the thing. You could not miss the signs. And it was so well done. And it said, you know, God created all the things that creep upon the earth, Genesis, whatever. On whatever day that and was. And then yeah. there was a big tombstone that, mm-hmm. that said RIP. And then underneath it said, you can rest in peace if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans, you know, eight, whatever, you know. Yeah. The gift of God is yeah, eternal John life. John 16. Yep. So we had all these things that were pointing back to God mm-hmm. and it was redeeming the time. And then so that's the fun of Halloween. That's the fun of creative Christians who say, I'm going to honor Jesus yeah. no matter what. And I would just encourage anyone who's listening and and any influence you have, do not make Christ a black eye on the face of a five, six, seven year old. Uh, And this all started because we, I I was my, it was my first year in seminary, 1995. And we are going trick or treating around the neighborhood with our kids who I think our oldest was in second grade at the time. And our youngest was probably Three or four. Real small, yeah. And so all four of them, you know, we're, we're going around. And I mean, we, we we dressed them as clowns. We dressed them as scarecrows. We, you know, we didn't dress them as little devils, okay? Right. I mean, you know. And there was this house with the light on, and we go and knock on it. And the woman answers the door and says, we love Jesus. We don't celebrate Halloween. And I mean, she was just mean. Slammed the door. Slammed I mean, the just door. Like, it's like, well, wow. I don't want that Jesus in my life. Mm-hmm. you know. And I, I'm there in my first year in seminary, of course, yeah. completely out of place. Yeah. What, what am I doing at a place like that? <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, We actually did take the kids, though, to some of your professors' homes and yeah. had a fun time the rest yeah. of the night. But that... That one house really stuck in in your mind and in our kids' mind as yeah, well. Yeah, as what not, not you know 
Dad, I thought Christianity was about love and grace. And, and <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. And it's also about truth. And so maybe there is some truth in that, that we're celebrating a satanic holiday. No, we're celebrating a holiday that has its roots back in Christianity. Exactly. And we're redeeming the time in and around the darkness that is swirling around us, yeah. participating while not participating. Yeah. Takes a little bit of effort. It does. And uh, the All Saints Day really coincides even with Reformation Sunday. And so it was all right around that same time. And I do remember as a child uh, asking my dad, well, what is this? Why, why do we do this? And he told me very plainly, you know, what Halloween was, what All Saints Day was, what the Reformation Sunday was, why we do what we do. And it originally was in celebration of the saints that have gone before us. So how about we teach our kids that instead? I love that. All right, let's switch gears here. It is time for a Bible Idiots Deep Dive. We asked the question, are we idiots for believing the Bible, or would we be idiots not to? Such a good question, and Chris is going to expound once again on reasons that we do indeed believe. Yeah, and right now it's... It's not so much a scripture exegesis as mo- as it is a societal plea. Okay, I'm, I'm pleading. <laughs> I'm using my time. I yield back my time. No, I'm using my time. <laughs> I want to talk about something um, that has happened recently, and uh, uh, coming up on the show, Gary Coon's going to be here. We're going to talk about marriage. It's going to be a great conversation. It always is. Mike Shaw's coming up later. We're going to play right on way off. But this is my segment of the show. And I really believe that we are staring the end of actual reality in the face. Ooh. And I want you just to take a minute and think about it. And, and that means we're facing the actual end of humanity, mm. where we will no longer be living like humans. You know, we're, you know, the Ready Player One goggles are, you know, that whole mindset. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. But because of where we are in Christianity, not in the public, not what lefties doing today with their latest, you know, I want to kill more babies and I want, you know, more depraved people to have more better jobs in government. Men are horrible. Women are great. And and unless men want to be women, then they could be great, too. <laughs> it, it results in the end of reality and the end of humanity because of... Christians. And why do I say that? Because you're losing your saltiness. Mm. You're not shining any light. Okay. The the time has come to be over to play games in the Christian community. Something happened at the GMA Dove Awards I want to talk about. Mm. And um, it comes down to, you know, how then should we live? If we're not going to play games and we're going to be like Joshua and choose this day how we're going to live, what does that look like? How does that look like? Well, let me tell you, John Cooper from Skillet um, just knocked it out of the park. Now, many of you know Dr. Michael Brown. Um, He's one of my more charismatic friends. In fact, when we did Bible Idiots, he leans a little bit on the charismatic side, but the guy is so smart. Not only did we have him on and interview him in Nashville to be in Bible Idiots movie, but then we went to Concord, North Carolina. Um, For NASCAR fans, I mean, his offices are, you can hear the cars going when they're on the track at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. But his offices are right there. And Frank Turek came over and we screened the movie Bible Idiots with him and his staff. And so ask Dr. Brown. Michael Brown is just a huge, huge brother in the Lord for me. And I follow him very closely because... He welcomed us into his world, and, mm-hmm. and, and you know we did a lot of stuff to get together. Which, by the way, I, I only bring up Frank because I was so disappointed when Bible Idiots came up on Unashamed with Phil and Jason Al Robertson, and, and Frank couldn't, didn't remember he was in the movie. 
Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm like, I think he's a busy guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you remember that person that you met? 10 God's years grace, ago grace, grace. That... You diss me, God's grace. <laughs> anyway, he didn't diss you. There's a there's a Christian musician that that uh, they they had a band called Cademan's Call, and back in like 2007, 2008, they had a couple hits. Derek Webb was their lead singer and main songwriter. He came on the Chris and Emily show back in those days, and we interviewed him. And Emily, you had such a bad vibe from this guy that you didn't even want us to air it. We took yeah, it his really interview, unsettled. and I edited it down to like a minute between songs mm-hmm. and used it as an intro to their latest song because, yeah, there was... There was d- something there, and I couldn't even necessarily put my finger on it. Yeah. But it was like, that just doesn't seem right. Well, anyway. Most recently, he decided to get more attention. These guys, are they're all attention hounds. That's really what it comes down to. And you've got to separate yourself from these folks, people. you got to. Derek Webb uh, went to the Dove Awards in, in a dress alongside, get this, openly queer Christian artist Semler and drag queen Flammy Grant. Webb also posted a picture of the trio on social media with the caption, 54th Annual Dove Awards, here we come. Mm-hmm. Okay, in that... Instagram posting in a in a pro Christian gay thing um, outlet news outlet he was commented as saying that he had to check you know you know I need to check my straight white privilege at the door whatever that means and he said if you really love people and people are throwing stones at them you have to stand close enough to get hit or you really don't love them which mm. by the way sounds noble but when you think about it is the most stupid statement you're going to hear this week okay. It would be the same as saying, I love my friend who's going to go rob a bank, so I better be in the getaway car when he gets arrested. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Said no one ever. (laughs) I mean, just think it through. So he's trying to use these progressive, noble things. And then John Cooper came out and said some things like, basically, A, shouldn't have been let in, and B, he should have been ignored. And everybody's saying, that's not loving, that's not loving. And so uh, basically... John wrote a response. Yeah, from Skillet. I would like to read John Cooper's response, and I'd like you to hear what it means to be a weak Christian who is so caught up in the world's politics and the world's what they say is is good, and people who get lost in the 11th commandment, thou shalt be nice, and they lose out on the fact of what the gospel message is. Mm -hmm. I have written a ton of things. I've had a ton of things published. I mean, I've had a good run. But I will never write something as good as John Cooper wrote. And okay. I just like to share it okay. word for word. I thought you mind. were going the other way there for a second, but no, yeah, you like what he wrote. You like his response. All yeah. right, very good. Yeah, John has been rightly rebuked as this. Uh, this is Dr. Michael Brown now. This is his post. Um, he said, uh, John was. Uh, has rightly rebuked this destructive behavior. Mm. But other leaders in the contemporary Christian music industry have taken issue with his comments, calling him out for his alleged lack of love. Uh. And they've been joined by many social media commentators who claim that Jesus is using these drag Christians to help us be more tolerant and inclusive <gasps> in our attitudes. Uh. The Christian church has fallen down. Okay, do you, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The end of reality is right here. Yep, okay? yep, yep. And so in response, John posted this, and he's right in so many ways. Are you ready? Yep. John Cooper, and I quote, You precisely hit the nail on the head, but from the wrong perspective, and that's in all caps. We agree that love for Christ and others should be what drives us. The question is, what does it mean to love Christ Mm. and to love others? You describe love as libertarian tolerance and unwillingness to call out evil amongst God's people, 
and that is impolite, if in anything that is impolite or off point to warn the sheep that wolves are coming for them, and to treat compromise in the church as if sin is a subjective standard. Yeah. Like I say, I've written a lot of stuff. This is, this is, this awesome. is one of the best. I'm continuing. John Cooper, skillet, frontman, and I quote, Sincere question. Were Christians not acting like Jesus when they spoke against slavery or stood for civil rights? Mm-hmm. Was Bonhoeffer a judgmental Pharisee when he was warning the church against Hitler? Mm-hmm. More sincere questions. If people attended the doves dressed in KKK hoods, would love for Christ and being about the Father's business demand silence from Christian artists? After all, God is the judge, not us, right? right. What's a little racism in our midst? Ugh. So you will support folks attending in blackface? What if a section of CCM artists began promoting shout your abortion and praising the killing of the unborn as an act of love? Does Jesus respond to that? Or does he just love people so much that he stays silent about calling good evil and evil good? What if folks came to the doves promoting segregation between blacks and whites or promoting the end of laws that bar minors from entering into consensual sexual relationships with adults? Spoiler alert, there's no way that you or the other folks in the industry would stay silent if those things happened at the doves. You need to ask yourself, why would I be more bothered by racism than sexual immorality? Mm. Your take on what it means to love Christ and others is sentimental not biblical. That's the line. That's, that's a takeaway. Yeah. And there's there's a lot more, and I'm going to do the whole thing. So stay okay. with me because it's uh, it's that important to me. Grab a blanket, listen, <laughs> pop some popcorn. Here we go. Backing up. Your take on what it means to love Christ and others is sentimental, not biblical. The church is to be salt. Salt purifies, and somewhat it stings in a festering society. We are light. Light shines in darkness, and you're suggesting that we can't truly know what darkness is? Mm. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. That's Ephesians 5.11. Love it. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. That's Ephesians 5.11. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie Mm. and do not practice the truth. 1 John 1.6. Webb and company are attacking Christ and the church at our most vulnerable spot, the children. And you're half defending it, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea, Matthew 18. Good scripture selection there, John. There's more. I got more. We're doing a Bible idiots deep dive. Here we go. The entire Old Testament is calling God... Is God calling his people to stop sinning, to purify themselves, to obey his commands? When they obey, they are blessed. When they don't, God brings judgment. Jesus repeats this message in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I ended my sermon with that you yesterday yes. and then read this last night. So God, this is something God's working in, in, he is. in, my, in my... It's time for in us... everybody. Look... Look, it's time for us to be the remnant church, and that means yep. there might be less of us, but at least we'll be real. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue. John Cooper, headman for or lead singer for Skillet, uh, front man. Here he is, and I continue to quote: "As if this wasn't enough, God gives us a sobering warning that bears mentioning at this very moment, and it's in all caps. This next sentence: mm-hmm. For those with ears to hear, listen. But this I have against you." 
that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who mm-hmm. calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my seer servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. That's Revelation 2.20. I beg you to reconsider what it means to love Christ and to feed his sheep. Oh, John, thank you. I'm, that's yes. what I'm saying to everybody. Yes. Reconsider what it means to actually love Christ, to love others and to feed his sheep, to tolerate evil, to relativize sexual immorality, and to make the gospel nothing more than treating people nicely, and that ain't it. That is a fake gospel, and it is a gospel that is ineffectual to save. Treacherous, reckless, swollen, and conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, but having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Second yeah. Timothy four, five, uh, 3, 4, and 5. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. The gospel is the power of God for salvation, not moral relativism. I love it. And in the post from Dr. Michael Brown, he ended it with, preach it, kid brother. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no doubt about that. Absolutely. This is why I love John Cooper and I love Skillet. And I echo that thought, Dr. Brown, and that ends the deep dive with the Bible idiots. I love it. Thank you for reading that because I had, you know, seen the story. Um, and I'm wondering, okay, so you're telling me it's wrong for children on Halloween to dress up like dinosaurs, but it's okay for this Derek Webb to dress up. He looked like a fool. I I hate to even say it in some polka dot dress that it looks like he got at, you know, some thrift store. Uh, he just looks like a clown. And so we have things so backwards in our culture so church, stay, keeping with what you were first taught. I'm really thankful, Chris, that you read that whole thing. I, I knew he had responded. I didn't know the full extent of the response. So that was very well, insightful and really edifying for anybody who was listening to that. He, he responded, and I don't know, um, that caused then a lot of backlash from people who claim Christ. And yeah. again, it's, it's the blessed be the nice people. Exactly. Causing division. Causing division. Stop causing yeah. division. Hold on to what you were taught. Mental illness and depravity is still mental illness and depravity, uh-huh. even if we want to now say that it's not. Right. And Matt Walsh had an incredible article this week on The Daily Wire about how most, a lot of mothers are causing the gender confusion in their kids because Absolutely. they want the attention. Yeah. And so, you know, when you when you talk about people throwing stones, Derek Webb, you came and handed rocks to everybody and said, I dare you. Yeah. And so, you and know. And I guess nobody really did throw a rock, no. did they? No, but they should have not been allowed in. Look, the Dove Awards was the last thing we had. And now the enemy's taken that from us. Yeah, and so yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, don't be don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. God has told us that things are going to get very dark. There is actually going to come a day when Satan overcomes the saints. But you, 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 you hold fast. Hold fast to what you were first taught. It's true. God says over and over, remember, remember, remember. Um, because uh, we got to hold on to it. We this must be a to pretty good topic to because our, our equipment's going haywire over here. I touched something. I can't change cameras <laughs> or anything. And so we're going to finish. Listen, right. we're going to get it corrected. Gary yep. Coon is coming up next. Mike Shaw's leaning into my picture right now. He's here in the studio. Hi, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> and so uh, we're going to get this fixed. Gary Coon's our special guest next. Um, yes. Special guest next. And then Mike Shaw with Right On Way Off a little bit later in the program. Stay with us. 
Hey, if you enjoyed listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris, if you get any encouragement from it, please consider standing with us financially. Go to FreshRoadMedia.com and consider giving a wonderful gift today. It is appreciated. Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris, bringing truth to your world honestly and authentically. And it is time to bring in a wonderful special guest. He's been on the show before. Um, He's actually... You know, Chris is a pastor. This is the pastor to the pastor. And he's also the founder of Design to Thrive. Gary Kuhn joins us today. Gary, Gary. thanks for spending some time with us. So good to see you guys. Geography prevents us from being together. Miss you. I know. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I know, right? Um, So here's the great thing. Uh, Both Chris and I and you and your wife, Doris, There's just been a tremendous focus on marriage in these recent days, and Chris and I are just kind of noticing that marriage is really under attack these days. Would you agree with that? And and rightfully so. The enemy is a pretty intelligent uh, being, and he knows that the foundation, the very foundation of life and community and church are are strong marriages. So Mm -hmm. he's going to put a lot of resources into that. Yeah, I mean, everywhere we turn, the days are getting darker. That is one of his number one targets. Expound on that a little bit. What is it about marriage that is so crucial to individuals, to communities, to cultures? What What is it that God designed there that makes it all hold together? That's kind of a big question, I know. but That's a good uh, question. <laughs> yeah, why is it so important? Uh, it's it's so important because it's the very first relationship that God established in the garden. Uh, the only thing that he looked at and said, everything was good except, wait, wait a minute, man's alone. That's that's not good. That's and he bummer. realized, yeah, he realized how important it was that, that there be a oneness between a, a man and a woman in mm-hmm. a marriage relationship. And God knew that uh, walking this life, I can't imagine, Chris, neither can you, walking this life without our wives. Uh, mm. It's essential. It's essential for human beings. Not not saying everyone gets married, but I'm telling you that that that, that design for God is that there's an intimacy emotionally, physically, sexually that completes a person. God knew that when He made us, and uh, so yeah, it's important to Him. It is even for those who are not married. Maybe them some like our oldest son. He's you know pushing forty now. Uh, he's not married either, and he's yet, thirty-seven. I know, but that's that pushing, pushing forty. That's pushing forty. Yeah, <laughs> not not to Isn't a thirty-seven-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's complaining about aches and pains already. <laughs> okay. So you know, anyway, anyway, uh, he's not married, and yet marriage still impacts his life as an individual person, and it and it does, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. You individuals who aren't married and, and the apostle Paul talks about that for some, it's, it's better not to get married. There are, there are reasons and we can get into that a, another time, but the vast majority of individuals realize that they aren't equipped. Some people equips God to walk alone is equi- mm-hmm. are equipped by God to walk that path alone. And, yeah. and that's fine. But most of us have been equipped with a desire to be made partly complete with, with, that spouse, that partner. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about marriage conferences for a little bit, because Design to Thrive is a weekend, but it's a very different kind of weekend, and it's not for the masses. It's usually three couples with two serving couples. And, you know, I want to go deep with you on your process, because it's like, 
if I say I like a contemporary service, people will be like, well, he hates traditional. It's like, no, I don't hate <laughs> traditional. I just prefer contemporary. And so there's so many different ways to do marriage. Emily and I have been doing marriage for a long time. I want to talk a little bit about that. But take me on your journey for why you decided that this was the best way when you when, and, and the fleshing out of the curriculum that Design to Thrive used because the weekends that people go to Design to Thrive, the success rate is outstanding. You've been doing this a long time. How did you get there where you decided, I'm not going to do a one-night thing, or we're not going to do a little you know, drive-through marriage little enhancement. I want to do something deeper. How did that happen? Well, first of all, Chris, let me, let me agree with you. God uses marriage conferences with hundreds of people, uh, with 25 people, 30 people. Uh, it, it's not a good or bad uh, or a better or worse. God uses those. There are people that go to a conference with 1,000 people, and God changes their life. So, and, and what you guys do has impacted marriages for a long, long time. So it's not a contest. It's, it's, it's using every avenue that we can to reach people. If it's, they're more comfortable, large or small, we felt that in order to really impact on a deep personal level, it would be better to do three or four couples at a time. And uh, that's been successful. You mentioned success rate, high 90 percentile for us of, of people that have attended are still married and still working on their marriage. Uh, but we spend a, a very intimate weekend and people that are at that weekend have a chance to get to know each other, build relationships, even from different churches. That's a little more difficult when you go to a, a weekend where there's 300 couples there. Just a little mm-hmm. more easy, a little easier, yeah. Yeah, and again, we do the 300 couples. I mean, that's, you know, and we use the Mark Gunger approach. And Mark Gunger, Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. Uh, Friday night, it's f- mostly fun. But yet there's a few little takeaways, and that's usually from 7 to 9. And then Saturday morning from 9 to noon is when you kind of get into the teaching sessions, and that's the conference, and that's the, that's the template that we used. And, and he, he always talked to us about, you know, go ahead, share any of my stuff. He just wanted marriages to, to, to be healed, and he knew he had gold and laugh your way to a better marriage. So, hey, go ahead, teach whatever of mine you want. There was another couple that we were impacted by, and that's Jay and Laura LaFoon. Oh, yeah. In fact, Jay and Laura, they're probably my favorite because they had a thing called Celebrate Your Marriage, and that was the vibe, and just incredibly talented people that I just really, really liked. And so we tried to take do a hybrid between Celebrate Your Marriage and Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. That's how we created, um, I don't know what we call it, and, you know, the Chris and Emily Big Night Out was one, yeah. um, you know, just... Um, Love your spouse, you loser was another. <laughs> <laughs> Could you just act normal for five minutes? Yeah, yeah. I wonder how we ended up with Bible idiots. So, I'd, I'd like to attend that one. Could you have <laughs> So, um, you know, again, like I say, if it wasn't for Jay and Laura, it wasn't for Mark Gunger, I don't know if we would have ever even gotten to that space. But we were kind of forced into that space because I was doing comedy and we were the morning show on the air in front of thousands of people with our marriage out there. So we kind of had to. Who influenced you? as a pastor to really start leaning into marriage, was there, was it just like an osmosis where you're just counseling one couple after another and it just kind of developed? Or was there an influence that said, no, I got to do this more intentionally. And that's how, because I mean, you were doing this as a pastor long before you created Design to Thrive. You were still doing this kind of work. So how did, who were your influences? How did this get to where it is now? Uh, I, I guess it would be a negative influence. I had three of my best friends that went through nasty divorces. Mm-hmm. I mean, just painful. Uh, one with, with several children, one with four children. Walking through that with them, walking through that pain, that sense of loss, the, de- the depth of the scars, 
I said, you know, we, we need to do something on the, on, on the preventative side. We, we, we're always worrying about taking care of, and we can't be reactive. We need to be looking at preventative medicine for marriages to become strong, to, be, to thrive as God intended. So that was the motivation originally to start Design to Thrive. Awesome. That's awesome. I have a question for you, because as we talk to people about Design to Thrive or really any sort of marriage counseling or marriage conferences, it seems like the women are like, oh, yeah, they're eager to jump into that stuff by and large. But it's the men that are a little more apprehensive and, oh, do we really have to do this? So I, want I don't you... want to work on my marriage. <laughs> so I want you to speak to the men. I want you to convey whatever it is that men really need to hear when it comes to uh, doing this type of stuff to keep their marriages strong. Emily, boy, you hit it on the head. When, when our couples come to, to our venue, it's a beautiful venue on a river and private rooms, private bathrooms, deluxe food. When they pull up, part of our greeting is to meet them at the car, carry their luggage in and get them set. And when I walk out to the car, guys, their shoulders are a little hunched. They're thinking, what did I get myself into? I'm going to be here. And, and I understand that. But at the end of the weekend, 100% of those men, I'm telling you, 100% of over 300 couples have said, I didn't know what to expect. I wish we'd have done this years ago. Mm. They, awesome. they get dis we disarm that when they come in. Yeah. Uh, we, don't, we don't try to guilt them. We don't try to shame them. But by the end of that time, those evaluations, written evaluations, they're saying, wow, I, this isn't what I expected. No mm -hmm. men bashing. You know, a lot of marriage retreats bash men. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember one where it was like the first one of the first sessions was men. Whenever your wife talks, you put a big stop sign up in front of your face. You know, like like we're the problem. We have to stop. Yeah. And you know, just emasculating. And basically, a lot of them turned into feminization of of men. The Bible yep. never does that. And so, the talk a little bit about the biblical basis behind your curriculum. Our biblical basis is, number one, God's priority has been, even in the end times, we mentioned it, when he comes to get the church, the father's going to say, the son, go get your bride. Marriage has been a priority. But obviously that's first. As we developed the curriculum, we looked at the four major areas that we believe needed to be addressed desperately. One's communication. Women are much better than men at that. Uh, so we, we have designed that to help develop communication. Uh, the second one is finance. Uh, boy, the, nothing causes stress in a marriage if you don't have enough money or uh, you're struggling with security. A uh, third one is emotional and physical intimacy. And the fourth is taking a look how that fits into the spiritual realm. How do we fit spiritually all of those things into our life? Chris, I, and Em, I can't tell you the number of people that come it's claiming they're believers. By the way, mm -hmm. we've had several couples come to know Christ there because mm -hmm. they thought they were and they weren't. But, uh, but when, when they get there, they're not praying together. They're never reading the scriptures together. And, and you're not going to be able to get the intimacy to be able to address that with 300 couples. You yeah. can when you have those couples. So our emphasis is to say, okay, God's word is your best resource. The spirit of God is a resource that as couples you're not tapping into. How mm -hmm. can we help you Take this home and implement it week by week. By the way, two months later, we have a follow-up dinner. We take them out to dinner, and we follow up with the goals that they established at that retreat to make sure they're still responding to what God laid on their heart that weekend. 
and and don't awesome. forget all of it is free to the couples. Yeah. It, it's, yes. It, it's it's a total pay it forward kind of ministry. And I've been on the board for four years, or is it five now? How long have we been doing this? <laughs> four. Four. Four, yep. four years. <laughs> and it's just awesome to see how God, brick by brick, has been building this ministry. Here's something I want to throw out to you. Uh, I'll do that after Emily goes with her question. What do you got, Em? Uh, well, I love that how you really emphasize that that in- intimacy really does begin with your relationship with the Lord. And your relationship with the Lord, then that will carry into your relationship in your marriage and your relationship in all these other areas. So I love that focus. Um, I think one of the misconceptions is that you have to be in crisis and ready to split before you go to something like this. But that's really not the case, and it's really not where you want people to be exactly, is it? No. I we Believe me, we take a lot of crisis couples. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, there are times when we've got the, the retreat set and I'll get a call from a pastor or a friend saying, boy, they really need help. And we've had oh, half dozen couples that have ripped up divorce papers that have said, we're going to work on this. Matter of fact, our new executive director coming on in the future, they were applied for divorce, ready to go. They got there. God changed their heart. Gary didn't do that. God did. Mm. Yep. Yep. But now they're actively involved. No, we, we think the best thing to do is take marriages that are not in crisis but really aren't functioning well. They're getting along, do their jobs, go to work, come home, raise the kids. They're, they're everything. Uh, they're chauffeurs for the kids. They're taking maybe elderly parents. They're doing everything but focusing on having a marriage that is vital and, and that excels, that God does. So we take them, give them the tools to do that, and that's preventative so they don't get to the cliff. That's yeah, exactly. that's the objective of Design to Thrive. Do you awesome. see a difference? Do you see a difference in the needs or the approach when it comes to uh, people who have been married and have young kids, or people that have been married for a long, long time, and now they're just kind of like the kids are gone. We're in the same old, same old. She's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of the smells coming off of him. He he can't uh, <laughs> be any worse than what he is right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, th- those issues, do they ever really go away? Because sometimes I think, like, well, gosh, Chris and I, we've been married for how many years? Um, we should have it all together. But that's not necessarily the case, is it? No, especially if they've lived the first 20 years without any spiritual input. Oh, attend church. Okay, yeah, good. I'm glad. Don't don't take that as, as a criticism. But to really become in a close, deep, personal relationship and be able to use the resources of the Lord Jesus Christ in their marriage can change. We've had couples that have been married one year. We've had couples that have been married 50 years that have come. And the interesting thing, we don't usually know. It's on the website. They sign up or somebody recommends. We'll have somebody that is at that retreat married two years, somebody that's been married 30. And it's amazing how they, the younger couple still have that spark. Mm-hmm. The older couple may get that, but the older couple brings life into the marriage to help them. It's amazing how God does that. But yeah. it, it doesn't matter what age. Um, it, it, what I find is with most marriages, and I'm going to say most, I'll go out on the line, most marriages are not anywhere near the joy and celebration that God intended. That's our heart. Let, yeah. Let's Let's reignite that spark in your marriage so that you can take that spark back to your church. Let me tell you this. When, I was, when we started this back in, in Georgetown, we did three couples a year. 
uh, or eight or nine couples a year. That's all we could do. When we first started that, I saw after three or four years, I saw my marital counseling time in my office go down. Oh, Mm. wow. Because those couples came back. They're ministering to other couples. I was, instead of spending 20, I'm spending 10 or 12. And the more we did, the less my time was in those crisis situations. That's awesome. Building on that foundation. I love it. The website is designedtothrive.org. That's designed.net. It's dot net. It's dot net. net. Yep. Thank net, you. Yep. I get, yep. I'm very dyslexic when it comes to those things. I used to just say dot com on everything. Anyway, <laughs> design to thrive.net net. and it's designed the number two thrive.net. You can check that out. I've got a question, Gary. We are really feeling called to get back into doing more of our conference type ministry. And I, I've been kind of doing a little bit of study, but I want to get your pastor hat on now. Um, why is it that when we want to go do a certain area, then we get attacked in that area? Like, for example, if we wanted to go into a food ministry, our food preparation would just like fall off the table. <laughs> uh, we have been talking and praying about doing this. We've got some na- we got some national people that want to come possibly alongside us. We're still discussing it, so we can't say any names, but... As we started, you know, thought, let's make that part of Fresh Encounter, or I'm sorry, Fresh Road Media, and my church is called Fresh Encounter. Fresh Road Media would do a marriage outreach. We do these marriage conferences. Um, you know, I'd love to get hold of Jay and Laura LaFoon and talk about the Celebrate Your Marriage Conference, because I think we need to be celebrating our marriage, and that'll help. Then our marriage gets ta- attacked for like two weeks, and I mean, we're talking like down in the dirt, like bad. Why? Why do you think that is that... That I mean, it, I mean, what was what would be your take on that? Uh, every time on the way to retreat, it's a it's an hour and a half, two hours to get where we when we do the weekends. And Doris and I, as facilitators, without exception, on the way down, we have one of the most intense fellowship times we've ever had. She she's I'm at the point saying, man, you're that kind of wife, and you want to go down and help these kids, and she'll say, yeah, you loser. It's on the way down. <laughs> On the, we're on the way to minister to couples, and the enemy just is jabbing you. I'm taking you know right to the to the fore. It's just awful. He yeah. does that because he wants to discourage you because he knows how much impact. If God allows you to change and strengthen two or three marriages that weekend, he's lost a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. He had them just about to the place where they were going to be in, ineffective. Maybe not ready to divorce, but right. uh, they've just given up and they're going to exist. Yeah. And yeah. they're not impacting. And that impacts generations. Their kids are watching that. They're going to grow up to have a marriage like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kids are soaking up way more oh. than what we think they are. And they, they're yep. aware of more than what we think they are. I think a lot of times just the anxiety and the stress that are in like little kids these days is because they do sense, as divorce is you know higher than it's ever been in our country's history, they do sense mom and dad's relationship ain't great, yeah. and that yeah. causes them insecurity and stress and so on. And well, so, I got a new yeah. term for for when things get verbal. What's that? Gary just coined it: intense fellowship. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Pe- pe- people say, "Do you ever fight?" And I go, "Oh, no, no, no. We just have intense fellowship." That's, that's <laughs> I, love yeah. I love it. I love it. But okay. Chris, let, let me let, let me say something, Chris. You know, you talked. We had a good conversation. You gave me some really good food for thought the other day regarding conferences and and designed to thrive is looking at 
next year beginning to do not just the weekends with couples, but doing some conferences in churches. I've got a couple of them I think that are interested after you and I spoke, Chris. And, and I, I, think that's, I think they can work together. Mm-hmm. I think those are things that, that can be teamed up. It yeah. is not, is one better or not? No, no. We need every tool and resource in the box yeah. in order to help marriages. So yeah. well, we, God we bless are, you. We are ready to to launch this thing, and I don't know how to even do it anymore. I, I All I know is that we, we would we would like to do the Friday night, laugh louder, and then the Saturday morning, dig deeper. And that's been our positioning statement. That's been our tagline, our log, whatever you want to call it. We've always been known as the Chris and Emily show, laugh louder, dig deeper, live larger in Jesus. Yeah. And so we are now no apology with Emily and Chris, and we still want to do laugh louder, dig deeper, live larger. So that would be, you know, the living, your, your marriage, larger marriage or something. I don't know. We, we can't, we got to find something cool, but the the idea is we know what we're going to bring to the table is going to be very successful for the people that attend but nobody knows us so it's hard to make it work and so what happens is is you get into these financial okay we can't do this because we can't afford to and um you know it, that's where i think a lot of conferences then go off the rails and it becomes more of a money grab than than trying to help marriages. And I just refuse to be a part of that. We got to find a way to do that. And also as a board member for Design to Thrive, I'm not going to try to force my conference on y'all. Um, but I would love to have you guys be a, like a table sponsor at a conference if we have one in the near future. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we've been been, been doing and, and uh, looking at. Emily, your thoughts? Well, my thoughts on that whole thing is, uh, Gary kind of alluded to it earlier, was that we got to attack on all fronts. I mean, you look into any military strategy, and we do. We hear the term fight for our marriage, and Mm -hmm. that's really what it is. We're in battle against powers that we maybe can't see, um, and we do. We have to attack on more than just one front. There's no one-size-fits-all, and we have to figure out every way that we possibly can to approach it. Chris, you had a really good uh, question when you said, like, why is that? Why is it this way? And I have a question for Gary as well. Why is it this way? Um, I don't know if you noticed, Gary, as Chris's hands are, are flying around, but he's got a brace on his hand. And as we get older, you know, arthritis and things like that are are settling in and it's it's kind of a constant remind I have to like constantly remind him you know have you taken aspirin do you get your brace on you know get the get the cream that and stuff and put that on and oh yeah 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 I will well today uh, you know, we're, uh, we're pushing 60 and every morning it's, <laughs> are we really it's pushing like 60 yes we're 57 are we really pushing you're 57 <laughs> some of us are older but we're pushing, we're pushing sixty, and and now it's a trail of tears to the coffee pot every morning. <laughs> it is, but and it's something else that's it, aching the, today. The tears are much worse on a trail to the bathroom. So, <laughs> that's, yeah, don't don't worry about the coffee pot, man. So my question is this: I see Chris's hand flash in the screen. I didn't even ask him today. But he's got his brace on all by himself. Oh, thank and you. I am Good more boy. in love with him than <laughs> I've been. Like, oh, my goodness, look what he did. And it just, like, makes me love him that he did that. Why is that? It's not necessarily you know the flowers no. and the jewelry and stuff like that. Why is that? Because you love him and you want him to take care of himself. Yeah. And you want him to be there for you. Doris says it all the time. She says, man, and sometimes very intense. 
you take care of everybody else, but you don't take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and can I share a quick story with you? Yeah, yeah just please. Quick. I used to tease her all the time about your body's not your own, babe. It's time. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I'm thinking a little, uh, you know, a little hoochie goo on the side, a little. <laughs> and, and, and she, I'm tired. I'm, she says, I'm tired. I say, yeah, but babe, Corinthians says your body's not your own. And again, if you're listening to this as viewers, don't miss, don't use that. That's totally out of line, but I used it. I'm sitting in a doctor's office after a biopsy. And they came in and said, got cancer. It's aggressive. Got to go in and remove the prostate cancer. It's, it's Gleason scores high. You got to have it taken care of. And they told me all the side effects of that. Uh, you could be incontinent. Okay. I can, I guess I can live with that, but more than likely, you're not going to be able to have a physical relationship. The nerves are going to be taken out. This was before Da Vinci, before all the modern stuff. They just went and gutted you and took it out. Yeah. And I'm sitting with a doc and I'm dead serious. And I said, man, I, I love my wife and that part of the relationship's way too important. I'm not going to have surgery. I'll live as long as I can yep. because that's important to me. And the doc says, well, you can get another doc then. And, and my wife, talk about paybacks. My wife reaches over. She touches my hand and she says, hey, babe, your body's not your own. Yeah. You can't make that decision because your body belongs to me too. Yeah. That's, that's, you want him to be healthy. You want yeah. to be able to be walking with him when he's 70 and holding <laughs> hands and celebrating your marriage as long as you can. That's why, and we men, by the way, Chris, I'll tell you, most of the time it's selfish when we don't do that. Yeah. We say, well, we're busy. No. Nah. I do need to take care of myself for her yep. mm-hmm. because I, when I walk down the aisle that it's much as it's not a real good gift, I don't think, but that was my gift to her mm-hmm. and hers to me. Yeah. And awesome. we got to understand that when you get in a marriage, when you make decisions, not even your body is a decision that you can make just for yourself. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, you know, um, same with when Chris wants to, you know, everybody else is doing the heavy lifting. I should be right there doing the heavy <laughs> lifting. And I'm just like, please don't do the heavy lifting. Uh, we, st- but- we tore our stage down at our church a week ago. <laughs> and I was trying to not do much and not just, you know, and, but, you know, I, I, so we took this chunk of stage and like we're pushing it. Yeah. And every, I mean, it was nothing for everybody, but I tweaked my back a little bit and then he I paid got, for it. then I got the lecture yep. when I got home, uh, yeah. you know, but it's the, not- you're a loser. You'll always be a loser. You never listen to anybody. I never <laughs> said like, that, by the way. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> Emily, Emily, you certainly could have said it. There's some truth to that. So you could have done that. It's all right. But it's not about you being here just so that you can do the heavy lifting and take out the garbage and shovel the driveway. It's about, I want you in my life every day. You well, know, I had an, I had an injury. I had an injury that they said, when you get older, it'll get bad. And in 2012, it, and it was the worst I've ever had. And they said, do not lift more than 20 pounds for the rest of your life. And they said, you should never golf and you, you for sure never water ski again. And so I, so my life changed in that time. Now I have gone out on the golf course and done three or four rounds since 2012, just be, out of spite, but um, we were walking out of a Walmart or a, or a Meyer in Michigan, or you know, a, 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 where you have a bunch of the plastic bags. And this is like a like a 
like three weeks after this diagnosis, and I'm starting to feel a little bit better. And Emily's carrying like three bags in one hand and four bags in the other, and I'm that guy just kind of loping behind her. <laughs> and I reached up behind her and grabbed both sides, and I took all the bags from her, and I said, I, I will not be that guy. I don't care. I will not be that guy. And so I, I can lift more than 20 pounds now, but I, I'm always, it's always dangerous because the quality of life goes down so bad when that back goes out. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll always have, you know, tilted vertebrae and, uh, in a couple spots. And they say the surgery for it, <laughs> get this, the surgery for it, I'm not supposed to have until my mid to late 60s because it only lasts about 10 years. And then after that, it's actually worse. So, you, you know, if you want that quality of life from 65 to 75, that's when you get the back surgery. And so I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is we need God's healing hand of protection over us each and every day. Um, Gary, before you go, uh, I want to make sure we take a minute and at least talk about the T-shirt you're wearing because yeah. <laughs> uh, we can't see it right now. But uh, I'd, I'd like you to tell me what, you know, what, what, what's going on there. All right. Can, can you see it now? Uh, we yes, got it. We got yes. it. Well, it's, it says Gehring Coombe. 2024. I got so sick of the Republicans and the Democrats that I decided to start my own campaign. I'm, I'm the uh, number two guy on there, the vice president, and Mike Gehring is the, the president. And uh, so I started as a joke, and now everybody wants these T-shirts. On the back, this, this is here. Let me show you the back. This is our campaign slogan. Can you see that? No, you got to go down, bend down a little bit. There you go. Uh, make, make America sane again. <laughs> Massa. Massa. That's right. We, uh, we're working on that, and uh, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, but I well, can't believe the number of people that want the shirt. So awesome. I may have to start something here. How can know? people get the shirt? <laughs> I, just, I just ordered them as a joke for Mike and I. And I was going to order one for you guys because I knew you'd have fun with it. But uh, every time I wear it, I have people. Today I'm at, at a little burger place having breakfast with a guy and I wore my shirt in and I had people I didn't even know say what is that and I explained it and they said I, then, they, then they asked me for my stand on the issues <laughs> like I'm, okay I'm here for breakfast but all right let's give you hey. what you need oh and, that is uh, so, so funny I, that's good it's been that's a lot good. of fun good conversation starter yeah. Uh, when we were on the radio in Arizona, Chris had a couple of people call up saying, Chris, you should run for office. Chris, you should run for office. And they came up with a banner and a slogan for him. It was Chris Daniel. Vote for Chris Danielson, the man with the issues. No, you no, you told it wrong. In oh, fact, I've got sorry. I've got the sign they sent me. I got the sign they sent me in my office. OK, what is it? It's, Correct it's, me. It's just Danielson. For the people with the issues. For the people <laughs> with the issues. That's what it was. And that is, well, and about, I decided to live out that campaign <laughs> and just share the gospel with a hardcore abandon. Just here it is. This is what the Bible says. Yeah. Sorry, not For sorry. For the people with the issues. Yeah, that's like it. That. Gary Kuhn, design2thrive.net. That's design the number two thrive.net is the website to check it out. Gary, any final thoughts you want to leave? Uh, you're our marriage guy. Uh, it's your second time on the show. We're going to have you uh, as, a, as a regular, uh, whether that's monthly, quarterly. We still got to sort that out on the show. But uh, anything you want to leave with us today? Just, uh, I guess, a challenge to anybody, that's, even to you guys, and a challenge to me. I, I talk to people who want to go into ministry. I talk to people that want to serve, and and they, their genuine desire is to glorify God, just like mm -hmm. you guys. That's mm -hmm. that's your genuine desire in life. We got nothing they, else, what, man. All, all the residual stuff, get out of the way. But mm -hmm. that's your desire. And I tell them, it's not your job, 
It's not your location. It's not your ministry. The place, quite simply, that you can honor God to the highest degree is a marriage that, that thrives in the relationship with Christ. It's just that simple. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have multiple degrees. You don't have to have all of those things. But if you walk through life loving your mate as Christ loved the church, if you do that, I guarantee you, when you get to glory, oh, you're going to get the biggest pat on the back you could ever imagine. Yeah. And uh, you guys are doing that. You're striving to do that. Go for those conferences. If, if I can help you, I'll help you. We were out there for one. We came out, drove all mm -hmm. the way out to Iowa. You allowed me to speak on, on Saturday and on Sunday. It was a wonderful weekend. You impacted lives there. Yeah, don't, had... don't, don't be discouraged, guys. We had, don't. We... don't don't do that. Yeah. Well, we, well, we are on the upswing today, and uh, <laughs> um, could have fooled me. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, we had a few. Right. We had a few couples that that really could benefit from that marriage conference, and there were a few couples that really did. So I'm glad we did it. But the motivation behind it was to kind of ring the bell one more time to see: Do we still have it? And do is this something we can still do? Should do? Is it should be part of our ministry? I don't know. That's why we did it last January was just one of those, we're new in town, let's just, okay, we've got the skill set, let's just see if, it, if it's still there. And so I'm glad that you came out and that you, you feel like that, that it, it, was, it was something valuable. So that's really good. Real quick, I'll let you go, but you made a mistake, statement, and I still have, even at 70, a pretty good memory. You made a statement at the beginning of the thing that said, you know, we're Chris Nevely, we used to be known here, we're, nobody knows us here. God knows you. Yeah. Listen, yeah. you two. God, God knows you, and He knows yeah. your heart. And and whether it's a it's big name here, big name here, God knows you. And and if if that's if He's in that, I guarantee you, you'll turn people away. So don't mm. be discouraged. Yeah. Okay. Don't cool. Be discouraged. Awesome. I love Thanks it. Thanks for being on the show, yeah, Gary. Appreciate thank it. Thank you so much, Gary, for spending As some always, time with us. As yeah. always, love you guys, and uh, hope to see you soon. All right. You're listening Thanks. to No Apology with Emily and Chris. We'll be right back. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris, if you get any encouragement from it, please consider standing with us financially. Go to FreshRoadMedia.com and consider giving a wonderful gift today. It is appreciated. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris, where we laugh louder, dig deeper, and live larger. Also, we're bringing truth to your world, honestly and authentically. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what a great guest, Gary Kuhn. Oh, uh, yeah. It's always so fun to have him on. And uh, I, I just want to kind of recap, too, anyone who may be interested, go to design the number 2 thrive designtothrive.net. And you can get net. more information on those marriage conferences that they yeah, hold. Dot net. Yeah. I, you know, anytime it's not dot com, I just my brain just reverts to dot org, and and it's not. It's dot net. <laughs> Designed to thrive dot net. Anyway, Gary's go. always a great guest, and and never never disappoints. Never a dull moment. Um, let's bring Mike Shaw in once again. It's time to play right on way off before Hello. we close out for the day. How you doing, Mike? Mike Shaw TV. Yeah. Mike Shaw TV. <laughs> <laughs> there was a TV. He's the host at FreshRoadMedia.com yep. of Jesus is Coming Soon with Mike Shaw. And weekly we play right on way off. He's also our news director, although we have gotten more into Christian apologetics than yeah. news, but that's just 
part of the variety show that is Emily's new broadcast. I like it. Yeah, you know, you just talk about what needs to be talked about. That's the right. ticket. And right now, we need to talk about Right On, Way Off. I right. love this part portion of the program. I'm I want to get, guys... get a pre-produced bit with music, you know, you know Right On, Way Off. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll never do that again. With J- James Earl Jones or <laughs> yes, right. It's time for right on way off. There we go. Well, yeah. When we when we start raking in the big bucks, uh, yeah. um, yeah. we'll yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. We're okay. Need a bigger rake. <laughs> 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 I think so. I, nobody's sh- shopping for a bigger rake yeah. right now. First, right we now, need a rake. Go ahead, yeah. Right now we have a fork, but uh, <laughs> that it's work. It works for what we're doing. Okay. Three statements I'm going to throw out at you. Hold on one second. I have to cough. <coughs> okay, three statements that I'm going to throw at you. We used to have a cough button. I know, yeah, right? Happened? We used you can't to be even able afford to a make... cough button, and now you people get to see it. <laughs> I turned my head. You did. Hey, all I you audio only head. listeners, I love you. <laughs> uh, whether you're listening on Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, whatever, I love yeah. you. All right. Uh, so before I have to cough again, yes. let's get on let's this. Let's get on with three this. Three statements. You tell me whether they're right on or way off. Chris, I'm going to go to you first. Okay. The first statement is this. If you're not ready to be talked about, lied on, misunderstood, used, called fake, stand alone, then you're not ready for ministry. <laughs> is that right on or way off? Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go I'm I'm going to officially say right on. Okay. But I'm going to give you a discussion and say way off. And here's what here's here's where I'm coming from. Okay. You're you're never going to be ready to be a parent. You just become a parent. You're never going to be ready for people to say that stuff about you and to treat you that way and to, you know, literally just stand up and get, you know, for criticism week after week. Mm-hmm. Um, and and th- there's a lot of more ministries than just pastoral, but in pastoral ministry, you're kind of hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. So I would say I'm way off. I think that God will prepare you and sustain you in the midst of all those things because it's going to be new to you. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I've been criticized more than anyone that I have ever uh, had a deep relationship with. I mean, you know, in, anybody in my inner circle or even my next outer circle um, I've never seen anybody get criticized the way I've been criticized. I mean, until you've been criticized on TV and in print and all those things, then come talk to me. But until then... And in person. But it still hurts. <laughs> yeah, it And does. it still breaks through the... You put this armor up of God's God's will around you, it still will break still through and still, flesh, and still yeah, wound you. Yeah. And so you have to deal with that. And God sustains you and gives you strength. So no, you don't have to be ready for that. You can be ready to trust God deeper and just know... But just know this... It's coming. Mm. It's it's coming. Like right. Deion Sanders in Colorado. We coming. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, that it's... was a really good impersonation of him. That really? sounded like oh, him. Yeah. Well, good right. job. Way to go, Coach Prime. Anyway, <laughs> that's my that's my uh, answer. Is I'm going to go uh, way off because of that. You're going way off because of that. Yeah. You don't have to be ready. You don't have to build yourself up. Okay. Now I'm ready for ministry. No. You go where you're called, and God will sustain you. If He's yeah. if He is your King. If he's truly your king and you're truly his servant, it's going to suck. It's going to be, it's going to bite at times. And those things will break through the armor. But if you try to prepare yourself and get all this armor up, yeah, no one's ever prepared. So way off. 
I'm kind of disappointed in that response, but we'll turn to Mike. Yep. All right. I'll clear it all up for you. <laughs> all right, let yep. me read it one do more what you time. Do, Mike. Yep. If you're not ready to be talked about, lied on, misunderstood, used, called fake, stand alone, then you're not ready for ministry. Is that right, right on or way off? <laughs> well, so what Chris said was right on, and uh, and and so that statement is right on, mm-hmm. but you know Chris's exception was. Even if you're not ready, God will prepare you. Is yeah. also right on. Let All me right. explain. Yeah, and, and I'll say a lot of the same things. Are you Chris, a politician? Because you're sounding like. <laughs> so I am actually. Yes. In real life, and uh, and maybe I have a career I there. We'll find. Right. Out. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. All right. Um, and if I'm elected. Um, anyway. Um, so. Yes, um, all those things will happen. Mm-hmm. All those things happen to you if you don't become a pastor and you want to have, I don't know, a YouTube channel or an Instagram <laughs> yeah. or well, a Facebook. Or, or a coffee hey. Bible study <laughs> or, with three people from your office. That's right. It's still coming. Right. Yeah. Anytime you put yourself out there and then and it, in a secular way, mm-hmm. you open yourself up to that stuff. Anytime you put yourself out there for Jesus— I mean, yes, that's going to happen. Kind of a guarantee. It's yeah. in the Bible. Uh, <laughs> Jesus warned us about that. Um, and so and I, and so I want to sit down with Chris because Chris said, if anyone's been criticized as much as him, come see me. <laughs> oh, so, I uh, forgot about so let you, me, uh, Mike. I forgot let about me, Yeah, anyone in his, in his circle of hey, friends hey, or even in their the circle of friends. Is that the Apostle Paul outside the door knocking? I will say that, yeah. that, that mm-hmm. I will take volume, mm-hmm. but impact, yeah. nobody took the shot. Impact the way yeah. you had to take the shot. So yeah. and, and on national TV. In a secular anyway. way. In a secular way, right? So I did YouTube videos for the tea party was called racist by people who don't know me mm-hmm. and, and worse than that and worse than yeah. that trust me and you know we've all had death threats on this yeah, air yeah. Here. that's true i mean yeah. and that's yep. dumb and weird to say yeah and then um i got recruited into the yes i am a politician i got re- recruited into the republican party and became keith olbermann's worst person <laughs> in the world two nights in a row two nights in a row on msnbc and i don't know if you google it you might be able to figure out why i don't know yeah. but we don't want to get into all that but um, kind of a badge I, of honor though it, it's a very much a badge of honor yeah. but i was on cnn that day yeah. defending myself right. and the new york times that day defending myself all the local affiliates in tucson yep uh, at least one in Phoenix, and then it was carried by everybody nationwide. Yeah. Um, what did Overman call you again? We can't say it. Can't we? Can't say it. No. No. Why not? It was a human-shaped pile of something. Yes. Yes. A pos. How about that? Yeah. Well, he didn't actually use the s word. No. Yeah. No. 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 He, he, he said feces. Oh, okay. Feces. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Human-shaped pile. Pos. Of fe- yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so, so much better. I mean, so. yeah. I, like I say, the depth of that that diss was was really really hardcore. So yeah. I stand corrected, yeah. Mike. So okay. So yeah, I did that partly. But with, I had my runs too, but not like <laughs> yes, that. Yes, you did. Yeah. And so I did that partly to correct Chris because yes. that's just fun. Yeah. But then, the, yeah, but the other part of that is I do believe God used that period of my life uh-huh. um, to prepare me. Yeah, I believe that I went through those difficult times of being attacked uh, for what I thought was no reason, but I get the other side point of view. I guess um, those things I, um, I survived it. Uh, in fact, looking back, I was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And so in the future. Um, because I'm not a pastor, but if I'm ever called to be a, in, in the pastorship somehow or and 
obviously I'm in ministry and have been mm-hmm. with other jobs. Um, you know, when those times come, I can I've like I've been through this. Yeah. You yeah. know, in a way. And, in a way. And I survived mm-hmm. and you trust God in it. God's Holy Spirit helped me through that other yeah. uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Someone was trashing me who I thought was a friend. Oh, that's and I was worst. getting ready to respond online and the Holy Spirit said don't and mm. I didn't. And uh, basically hanged himself. Um, mm. And so, you know, um, God will protect you in those times. Yep. Yep. And God will prepare you for those times. God's got to protect me mostly from myself in those so times. Me too. That's a whole other question. <laughs> right. And maybe it's the next question. Uh, All right, so, Emily, tell us whether so, we're right or wrong. So, yeah. Mike, you said you're right on with that? I'm right on with the right statement. On. All right. And it is right on. Mm-hmm. And I think it applies even more... I, it applies also to people that maybe aren't even in formal ministry. You know, you think about parents and what they're battling. And I mean, parents today are battling way more than what I ever even had to as a parent. And, you know, there's going to be times where your kids really hate you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you got to stand firm. And so uh, where where as Christians, we're all called to some sort of ministry and it doesn't even have to be formal ministry. It can just be ministry to friends, family, neighbors, whatever. But don't be surprised. The point of the statement is don't be surprised. It is going to come your way. But Chris, you made a really good point. That's why we have a Savior. That's why we have a God that we can go to in those circumstances. And he does heal us, restore us, renew us to continue on. He's our portion, and that's why he's Lord of all. So that all means what? All. Yeah. Are you sure? Did you check the Greek on that? <laughs> yep, still no, all. No, so, okay, here's a story that came up real recently. A restaurant, don't know all the details, so don't ask me, but a restaurant came out, and you know how they have the 20% gratuity automatically at some, some restaurants? Places, yeah. They also came out with an adult surcharge for parents who do not parent their children properly in the restaurant. And one family in particular got tagged with this adult surcharge. They were outraged. So the question became, is the restaurant right on or way off for putting this adult surcharge on tickets? It's, it's And it's actually written on the menu. So it's not just a, oh, surprise, I didn't know. Um, if your kids become unruly and they're ruining people's time or whatever, you might get slapped with that surcharge. Is that right on or way off, Mike Shaw? Yeah. Could I? Uh, could you tell me more about this restaurant specifically? Or... <laughs> oh, wait. You said not to do that. Right, yeah. I can't uh, even remember the name yeah. of the restaurant. Yeah, I'm just kidding but... around. So the question is right, on, right on or way off it's about way off. the surcharge? To have the adult it's surcharge. Okay. It's way okay. off. You think it's, it's way off? It's okay. way off. Tell me why. It's way off because that's the worst marketing in the world. <laughs> It's like those people are never coming back to your restaurant. Who are you to tell me I'm a bad parent, even if I am? Yeah. Uh, and then it's very subjective, and it's just in the moment. I might be a great parent, but my kids were acting up, and I yeah. had to spank them in the restaurant maybe or Ooh. take them outside, haul them outside to spank them. Ah, see, that's and a, then so that's the rest of the world right doesn't like spankings. Yeah. You know, how dare you spank your own kids? And <laughs> I've got a surcharge on my on my pizza bill. Come right. on. Parents are getting slammed everywhere they go. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, no. Yeah, uh, it's it's really it's really dumb on the restaurant's part. Okay. and I'm way off. Okay, Chris, what do you think? I'm way off. Okay, yeah, that's just that's just bad. You know, I mean, you really need to um, have a different approach. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know the neighborhood this is in. I don't know the culture that this is in. 
Um, but uh, I think that they'd be better off with like a kids eat free if they behave. <laughs> And then you know if the if if the the child's meal is on the, on the tab, they they made a judgment call. Another sign I saw one 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 place was um, all bis- misbehaving kids will be given a shot of espresso and a free kitty. <laughs> <laughs> and that to me makes more more sense. Yeah. You know? yeah. So what are you? Here's your ticket and meet Fluffy. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky. His name is oh, Lucky. Lucky. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so I'm way off. Okay. Well, you're both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Uh, it's very interesting, Chris. You bring up that that signage that you saw. And I have to admit, I'm seeing those signs in more and more places all the time, yeah. which tells me children are becoming a problem to proprietors of business. Mm-hmm. Now, Chris, you and I have gone out to restaurants I remember one in particular. I have a couple that I'm going to tell you, but one in particular, there was a child that just kept screaming over and over and over and like ear piercing screaming. And finally, our oldest son, who was, you know, an adult at the time, because this had been going on for like 30 minutes now, he finally just drops his fork and he says very loudly for the entire restaurant to hear, come on like that child was ruining everyone's meal and the parents just didn't even do anything about it and so sometimes i will see parents who are struggling with a child trying and they don't really have options and that's totally fine and i can empathize with them that's i empathize with them but when it comes to restaurants chris uh there was another time we were in a delicious little mexican restaurant and they let the child run all over the restaurant while people are coming out with fajita platters. And I was honestly concerned that, you know, these hot sizzling platters were going to end up on somebody or on the floor, whatever. Kids seems like they have become more and more and more disruptive. And when this went viral, um, the vast majority of people were on the side of the restaurant. They were saying, yeah, the restaurant's right. It's time for pe- for people to do something because parents really aren't parenting their children anymore. And I know that there were times where, Chris, you and I had to take our kids out of the restaurant because mm-hmm. they were being disruptive. And we usually left the restaurant before anyone around us even knew there was a problem. But the kids started being disobedient. That's what they did. I think it's high time that restaurants start doing that kind of stuff. might make parents think a little bit the next time they go into a restaurant. Well, like when I said they may not come back, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, is that yeah, a maybe, bad maybe thing? I don't know. <laughs> you know, come back thing. in a few years when you're, yeah. Okay, so the last question we're going to throw out there, or the last statement says, many Christians are so stuffed with spiritual junk food that they've lost their appetite for sound biblical teaching. Is that right on or way off? Chris, what do you think? Uh, I would have to know what spiritual junk food is. Okay. Because if it's, you know, lighter scriptures, I'd be way off. If it's, you know, progressive teachings that are trying to merge with with, with biblical principles and taking them out of context, then I'm right right on. Yeah, I think that's what he's talking about because junk food isn't, Technically, food. The depth, so. the depth of our understanding. I made this. I made this point in a sermon. I don't know, sometime in the last month. But there's a uh, 
uh, a thing where like sports announcers will, and I always think of Bill Belichick because he's one of the greatest football coaches in NFL history. And they'll say Bill Belichick was playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers. Mm-hmm. And the idea is is that his strategies is so much higher than than what everybody else's is. Yeah, I want to twist that and turn that and turn it upside down and say we play checkers, we don't play chess. We don't try to figure everything out. It's so simple. The gospel mm-hmm. message is so simple. While you were yet a sinner. Christ died for you, and that's where the good meat is found, is in keeping it simple, keeping it authentic, keeping it real. Mm. And and the more we do that, the more we realize that even our righteousness is as filthy rags in front of a holy God, so we never get up on our high horse and look down on anybody, those sinners, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You know, it's it's like no, right? you know, yeah. it, it, you're, there's depravity. You're hurting people. You're hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, it's sin. God calls it that. We're not, we're not trying to put you down. We're trying to help you by showing you that there's a way out of that. Yep. And you know, I want to be in this, and you're wrong for telling me. But anyway, <laughs> all right, Mike Shaw. Many Christians are so stuffed with spiritual junk food that they've lost their appetite for sound biblical teaching. Do you think that's right on or way off? I have to go way off only because um, maybe because God's been so good to me. The churches Mm. that I've gone to have been right on. Yeah. They've been solid. And so, therefore, the people I've hung around, my friends and people that have gone to those churches tend to be right on. Uh, there's usually depth there. None of us perfect, of course. Yeah. But, you know, the whole woke church movement and all of right. that, I am aware of it and I know it's out there and mm-hmm. I know it's a big problem and I know it's taking some people to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like that. And I appreciate that my pastor who's sitting right there <laughs> is warning the world about that stuff. And, and I'm right there with him Yeah. and what we're doing together here. But I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know if it's most Christians are getting that many. junk food. It just says many. Yeah, many. Yeah. So, so it's not necessarily a percentage, just that yeah. there's a significant number out there. So that's the culture invading the church yep. and, and those churches allowing the culture to invade mm-hmm. the church. Um, I'm not involved in those churches. I pray that those churches would get out of that, and I pray for people not to get caught up in yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, very good. Uh, it is right on. That's actually a statement from John MacArthur. I really like that, and I think it's absolutely right on. Chris, you touched on it earlier. Really great point. We're being fed this fluff and this garbage, and and John Cooper from Skillet was able to battle it back, but we're seeing it growing where people are just consuming things that aren't really food. It's not really God's Word. It's a version that looks a lot like it, but when you really dissect it and look into it, it's garbage. Yeah. And because we're feasting on so much of it, we are indeed losing our appetite, losing even just the ability to receive God's Word. I mean, I've seen people who just will quote Scripture. And then people who are calling themselves Christians will just say, well, I just don't agree with that. (laughs) That's dangerous. I think it's growing. But again, yeah, go ahead. My favorite is, Chris, you're going to be on the wrong side of history. Uh, And I'm always like, who's history? I I, got to be honest. No, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me me quote some scripture for you. The whole world may pass away, but my words will not pass away, said Jesus. That's a really, you know what? That is a great scripture to end the whole segment with is that do not be discouraged. Do not lose heart. Hold fast to what you have first been taught, because even if the world around you denies it, 
the word of the Lord will remain forever. So thank you for joining Chris uh, and me and Mike and everybody on No Apology with Emily and Chris. Don't forget, check out freshroadmedia.com.